Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. I am Joseph M. Smith, the host of Tech Niche Tips podcast, where we help people break into tech, not just to get in there, but to also scale from there. Every week, I'll be having new episodes where I either talk from my own personal experiences or I share with my friends and people that I met along the way that have great tips and tricks, not only, again, to help you land a job in tech, but to help you scale from there. Join me on the Tech Niche Tips podcast. Until next time, I hope to see you on the other side. Stay tuned for more. Hi, welcome to episode two of The Homework. I'm Charlene Turner Bryant. And I'm Joy Andrews. And we're so excited that you're joining us. Joy, you want to tee up what we're going to be talking about during this episode? Yes. So Charlene and I are going to be talking about the big bad topic of loneliness and boredom. We have some thoughts and perspectives, and we've heard a lot about this from our clients, from my acupuncture and feng shui clients. And Charlene, I think you've heard about it from your coaching clients and your world. And so we're going to mash up what we've heard and give some tips and uh, take it from there. Yes. So let's let's jump right into it. You know, since the pandemic started and the sheltering place, you know, I feel like, Joy, I've been in uh, Blur's Day. Everything's <laughs> Blur's Day. I don't know. Can you say that again? I love that. Blur's um, Day. Yeah. A friend of mine, you know, we were talking and she said, today's Blur's Day. I said, what? Blur's Day? I've never heard of that. Uh, but it, there, it's true. I think all of our days are running to, together because I think our, our habits, our structures, our systems, like we talked about in our first episode, just seem to be off-kiltered. Mm-hmm. Yes. Off-kilter. We lost our routines. And I think that is what is playing into the isolation, too, because we usually we had a routine of going to work and we had these water cooler moments and we had uh, sometimes, you know, we would talk to our mom on the way to work or sometimes we would be texting with people throughout the day and there's no more chit chat going on with colleagues or even with friends the, the way it used to be. And and so I've been hearing a lot that this blurs day, this lack of routine um, has really played a role in this this feeling of loneliness and isolation. And it's been um, it's been such a huge topic that I'm seeing it play out in people's bodies. I'm seeing it play out in people's emotions. Yeah. And not only are people going stir crazy, but they're also getting symptoms, you know, anxiety, depression, and muscle tension, and it's affecting their appetite. And it's showing up in wild ways. And it's also affecting how they're keeping or not keeping the their homes, right? You know, do you feel like getting up and cooking? Do you feel like cleaning? Do you feel like putting that load of laundry in, in the washer? And then if you do, do you feel like getting it out of the dryer? Um, do you feel right. like getting dressed? Right? And what's the point? Because, right, yeah, why? What's the point if you don't have any <laughs> anywhere to be except your living room or your kitchen? Yeah, I yeah. was just reading this book that was really interesting called When, it's called When, and it's by Daniel Pink. And 
he goes into the research about our circadian rhythms and how that plays an effect on our mood. And I found it really interesting because he said it's pretty common for he they analyzed social media, took a look at the kinds of tweets that were coming out, especially on Twitter, and saw that a lot of the negative tweets were happening in the afternoon and more positive tweets were happening in the morning, and then it would cycle through the next day. Interesting. And um, so he mapped that out with types of activities people were doing and types of um, history of uh, test scores that kids were having all over the world and went what time of day they would take a test and when they would do better. And so that correlated. So more positive kinds of feelings were happening in the morning, more positive kinds of test results were happening in the morning. And then there was a slump in the afternoons. And he um, drew the correlation also of how that impacted our emotions. And so now that our schedules are a little bit off kilter, I was just thinking about that, how our circadian rhythms are really a big factor in our dopamine and serotonin levels, our chemical balance, how good we're feeling, you know what I mean? And so if our schedules are off, our actual chemical balance is off. And that also affects whether we feel heightened uh, loneliness, heightened boredom, heightened um, anxiety and depression. You know what I mean? And if there's nobody in the room to bounce that off of or talk through it with, then it adds more to the isolation. You know, we can go stir crazy in our brains. And, and, you know, it's true. I think you can do that in your own house too, right? And so even though everything's familiar around you, but you don't have that interaction with other people, then the, the, the couch is not going to talk to you. The chair is not going to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> it might have started by now. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think right now, only as ha- talking to everybody is the refrigerator. <laughs> don't you want to eat? Don't you want to eat? Don't you want to eat? And it's interesting you say that about your circadian rhythm is because, you know, I, I can imagine people's sleep patterns are off as well. Right. Oh, yeah. The, and, right, the mm-hmm. night owls are up and... Um, there's not as big of an incentive to wake up a couple hours or an hour before you have to go to work. Most people have been waiting until the last five minutes before they have to show up on a Zoom call with their video off, you know? (laughs) Right, while they're still getting dressed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm seeing a lot more pictures coming up, you know, know, the photographs of people as opposed to the actual person coming on, which I think is driving some of the isolation too, is that you're looking at a screen of 10 or 20 people that you used to be in an office room, you know, a conference room, or they were your cube mates, you know, you had some physical locality of where you would, where you would be with them right now. It's Mm -hmm. a screen, it's a monitor and it's eight to 10 hours a day. What is that effect having on our bodies of just constantly looking at a screen in terms of loneliness and isolation? Yes. Did you hear that story about how part of Zoom fatigue is looking at yourself on screen? (laughs) I mean, it's crazy how part of Zoom fatigue is not just sitting in front of your computer because we used to be at our computer, right? Right. But the fatigue comes in where we're, we're staring at ourselves all day. And that is a piece where it sort of kicks on our sense of having to be on, having to perform a little bit, having to um, 
be aware of our facial expressions or not facial expressions. You know, when you used to be sitting next to each other in front of a meeting and, or you didn't know what you look like, you know, and you weren't concerned about trying to, mm -hmm, yeah, nod along and smile and, you know. I, I find myself always trying to find the camera. Am I looking at the camera? Am I not looking at the camera? Right. And you're you're absolutely right. It, you didn't have to worry about your facial expression. But the flip side of that, too, is, you know, you know how people will tell you, oh, you look angry or you look, you know, very disengaged in, in meetings. You know, you look like you're disinterested in what we're talking about. You know, now you can if, if that was the kind of feedback that you, you've been given now, at least from being on Zoom and seeing yourself, you can really actually say, yeah, I do look like I'm not in the conversation. Oh, I do look like I'm bored. Um, right. And and you get called out mm -hmm. by yourself now. And so it's sort of kind of affirming that now you're seeing yourself and you can develop yourself and your own skills, your your presentation skills by using Zoom as a platform. Right. Yeah. You can be more self-aware about how you're coming across. And that's interesting because it's it's also a matter of when you're off for the day, um, there's sort of this coming down from being on. You know what yeah. I mean? Where yeah. Before, we may not have necessarily had perform performance anxiety at work, <laughs> unless, you know, depending on your job. But now it's there's a little bit of coming off stage kind of a feeling or coming down from being on sometimes after being on throughout the whole day. And that then when you're left in isolation, when you're stuck at home, can also be a little bit more jarring because you've sort of been in this on mode and staring at yourself. And now you're sort of coming back, withdrawing within, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. that can be more of a, a, a reason also why that it can feel so, um, so silent <laughs> or, or the mood can come down and drop a little bit after a work day. And so now that you now we can see our children too and the effects that it's having on our children who are sitting at this you know screen and doing zoom calls all day i'm noticing that my daughter is sort of withdrawn after school day it's it's sort of like this can i just go and be myself can i just go in my room don't talk don't see anyone right isn't that interesting how we are engaged with people all day on screen or on phone calls, and we can still need that that withdrawing aspect. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's really interesting because it it's um, something that people are starting to get creative about. Some people are choosing to go back into the office for yeah. that engagement with people. Um, some people are having to go back into the office and that's creating a whole nother new chemistry with people. You know what I mean? And I find that um, that's also an adjustment people are going through. You know, there's also this research by the HeartMath Institute and it talks about how there are electromagnetic waves that emanate from our heart not just our brain, you know, you go to the hospital and you see somebody's brain waves, brain activity, that's more common to see brain waves being mm -hmm. monitored. You never really see heart waves being monitored, but there are actually heart waves and these electromagnetic waves emanate out from the heart 
it's like a it's like an echo sound ripple coming out and it's actually stronger than the brain waves and these ripple out into a radius around us of about three feet and what's interesting is sort of like bats use this ecosystem to fly and figure out where they're going we are mm -hmm. actually using that as a sense and so when there's nobody around us we're sort of just left to our own heart rhythm and feeling all the feels feeling whether we're at peace with ourselves or really silent or right or really anxious on the other spectrum of things. And when we're around other people, we also pick that up. So if somebody's within three feet of us, we can actually pick up their heart waves. And so if somebody next to us is peaceful or if somebody next to us is anxious, we can start to feel something. It's very subconscious, you know what I mean? It's not like, wow, I actually feel rattled. Unless you're that in tune, Charlene, I think you're that in tune. <laughs> Some people feel energy, subtle energy, and Charlene's one of those superpower people who can feel that kind of stuff. But, but think about like, it. When you're on an elevator, right? When you're in an elevator with someone, right. this makes sense because you can kind of pick up a vibe. If they're, going, if they're friendly, if they just want to be left alone, if they just, you know, they don't want you to even make eye contact. And that's interesting that you talk about this field around you. How... How does that field work when you're when you're in isolation? Well, I don't want to call home isolation, but we haven't yeah. socially isolated in our homes, right? Yeah. Um, how does that field, you know, work inside of our home to really help? Yeah. So one thing that uh, I really noticed when quarantine started was how much. Um, people who were living in close quarters, like apartment complexes, or people who had a lot of roommates or were living in a shared home or families who were living together. They were, they, people used to leave the house and go to work, go to school, go have their different routines. And so there was a little bit of separation and you could ebb and flow throughout the day and you were picking up different versions of your own heart waves or other people's heart waves. And then all of a sudden everyone was bottled up together. Yes. And so therefore we were all picking up each other's bottled upness if we were in cr close proximity with people, you know what I mean? So yes. it works both ways. So people who were living in um, condos, apartment buildings, shared living spaces, it's, al it's almost like all the emotions were amplified. So if you didn't have a way to discharge that or regulate yourself or sort of clear that out of your system, you might still be dealing with the fallout of feeling all these bottled up emotions in you. And if you leave alone, you know, then you could still pick up the emanation from other people's heart waves in these kind of living quarters. And also then you're also in that feet, that, that way of like being left to your own devices, where if you're just feel, you know, like all of a sudden when the room goes silent and then you hear your ears ringing, you're like, it's too silent. All I hear is myself. Yes. <laughs> it's like that with your own heart waves. So it can be like, there I am. I'm lonely. I'm bored. What do I do with my life? And it's okay. And when, when you're with some, like when you live in communal, right. And you have people in the house with you, you can just go to separate rooms, you know, when you need to discharge, we need to yeah. refuel, but people who live alone, 
you know, that they have no one else to talk to. They have no one to share this, this heart space with. Right. And, you know, I was talking to my neighbor cause I started walking with her and she li- she lives alone mm-hmm. and it's really, it's a, a real struggle for her. This has been a real struggle. And, and I said, why It's because routine has been broken up. She would go out. She was out of her house more than she was in her house. Right. Yeah. And so she was like, oh, I, I would go dancing. I would go to Zumba. I would go to all these different places. And so now the home has become just this place of isolation where it was a place of refueling rest, you know, a place for me just to kick back when I didn't want to be around other people. Right. And then if your home is not feeling how you wanted it to, you know, if there were already piles of clothes in the corner or you already were dealing with broken cabinets or busted lights or the HVAC didn't work or something like that, you know, and now you were left with that, it that can be a mirror of also how you're feeling inside, you yeah. know, and you can sort of, it amplifies, you amplify each other. You know what I mean? Whatever you're in conflict with in your life, it sort of brings out your discomfort. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, you could really use this to your advantage if you are able to go into the darkness, go into the loneliness, go into the board and be like, what is this about? Is this grief? Is this me afraid to be silent and go within you know? Yes. And also to the avoid. Millions of Americans are getting back to work. CareerBuilder calls it the great rehire. And we want to help you get the best jobs before everyone else. CareerBuilder gives you the competitive edge to get the job you want at the salary you want with the benefits you want. We even send job alerts. So your perfect job lands right in your inbox. Go to careerbuilder.com today or get left with whatever jobs are left. Find your next job fast at careerbuilder.com. It's peace too, um, because now you, you, you now you're staring at the broken cabinet. You're staring at the pile of clothes. You're staring at you know all these projects that you've deferred, 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 deferred. Right. And so the question is, now that you have this time, why are you not dealing with those? Yeah. And it, and everybody's got an edge to themselves that can be either a procrastinator or a little bit less of a procrastinator. <laughs> I don't know anyone who doesn't procrastinate in some area of their life. You know oh, what I mean? You mean, uh, you mean saying I can get to that tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, that's not a priority today. Right. So I know some people who built new decks, who built new sheds for their house, who started, you got a bike and started bike riding. And some people are now, you know, as some people are getting back, trying to get into a routine again, they're looking at their, oh, dang it, I should have built a deck. (laughs) I should have got a bike. And now as offices are are starting a slow return, right, and people now are, are, or they were working a reduced work week, and they had that extra day and they probably didn't use it to the fullest potential that they could have used. And now the stress of, oh my gosh, I'm being called back to work. I'm going to, I got to go inside an office building. Look at all these things in my house that I didn't get to do. Right. Which is, is adding more stress to, to them. Right. And there's another component to people at home, but also going back to work that's still missing a lot for people. And that's, human touch, you know, 
There's a lot of people who are not getting hugged. There are a lot of people who are not touching anybody anymore. There's no shaking hands. There's no, hey, how you doing? There's no hugs at church. There's no um, connecting in a way that is physical comfort for people, you know? And so I, I know that that's a very real issue for some people. And so some people have gotten weighted blankets. Some people have gotten squishy couches curled up in their couch, you know, (laughs) to mimic a hug. And some people have made arrangements with people to sort of make a closed pod where they can be, um, you know, go on a mini road trip together with somebody or share a, a campfire with somebody, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So just come sit in your backyard, spaced out, just right. so that you can have someone close by. It's interesting you mentioned that because I was in, um, I'm not going to name the store recently. And there were a lot of, and I, I was trying to get pillows because I was, I was changing out the colors of pillows that on my couch. And boy, I could not get into the pillow section. There were so many people filling, you know, filling the pillows and <laughs> trying them and squeezing them. And as you said it, let me go back to, and you know me, my germaphobe self came out and was like, oh no, I can't even buy these pillows. I'm going to have to go on cam- online and order them. I said, hey, you're squeezing. What about this one? What about that one? And, you know, it, oh, people are squeezy subconsciously we, we didn't we didn't think about the need to to squeeze something or to feel something against our body right because right. yeah we yeah if you live alone you, you don't have that right so what what are the some ways that maybe we can self comfort i even if we're in a house full of people we still may want to self comfort like go somewhere what what would you recommend Right. I really like um, activating your skin um, by pressing, pressing yourself against the wall or pressing yourself against the floor using a weighted blanket um, or using something like dry brushing or exfoliating on your skin. Because um, what's happening when you hug somebody is your skin is being pressed a little bit, right? So Um, your nerves are getting woken up when you get pressed against somebody. And so the nerves send signals to your brain to release endorphins, to release good feeling hormones throughout the whole body. And one way that you can do that is to still stimulate your skins to send those messages to your brain. So you can literally get a brush. There are skin brushes you can buy. Or you can just use a loofah or some sugar in the shower and you can exfoliate your skin and that can activate these um, endorphin releasing chemicals in your brain. And um, and what I mean by pressing against the wall or pressing against the floor is really let yourself feel the weight of something against you, right? Like that laying in a bed is a little bit too soft, mm-hmm. uh, but when you're laying flat on the floor you can sort of feel like something's got your back or when you press up against the wall, I like to press up like in a corner. So you sort of pinched a little bit and that right. It mimics the pressing function. You know what I mean? Yes. 
Okay, so if I'm at home and I'm just pressing against the wall, I hope my family don't think I've gone crazy. I'm just really trying to lean in. And Everybody get, has these days. Who cares? Soothe. You, you know, you talked also to about, um, tell us a story about the, the machine, the person that developed this hugging machine. Yes. So Charlotte and I were talking earlier about this and it made me think of Temple Grandin. And she's a PhD who has done a lot of work in the area of humane animal mm, agriculture killing in a humane way. I'll say it that way. And the way that she revolutionized the agriculture industry was she could sort of empathize with the cattle. <laughs> and she has autism. She is a brilliant person and she describes herself as having autism. And um, she looked at the cattle and they were getting spooked before they had to get slaughtered. And so she said, if I was one of them, I really would want to be guided and hugged and sort of pinched a little bit. So that's what she did. That's how she radicalized the industry is she created these sort of hugging straps for the cattle and they were at peace before they had to go into the slaughterhouse and therefore they were not releasing cortisol the stress hormone into their muscles into their meat and so she created a hugging machine for herself and it's it it's basically like a stirrup and so she, when she would get stressed out she would crawl into her little hugging machine and pull it and it would basically squeeze her tight and do what we're talking about is send those chemicals to the brain that you're safe. It's okay. Yeah. And it was sort of like, you know how some kids, you see them rocking themselves. Mm -hmm. It's a form of self-soothing, self-regulation, you know? And I, I think it's magical. And so I think anything uh, that applies weight or can s tell your skin to send those signals to your brain is a great thing to do. And also too, there's just the hugging, just the self-hugging, just wrapping yourself in your arms yeah. and just rocking yourself and just laying your head on your hand while you're holding yourself is soothing as well. It, because, right. you know, it's interesting you say that and, uh, my daughter has a weighted blanket and um, I just laid underneath it and it, boy, did it just soothe me. I was like, oh, what's the hype? And also too, what you're saying is true about animals. They, they, they say that if an animal is humanely treated well, the meat is tender, more tender than if they were stressed before they were killed. And and I, I learned that in, in, a, in a class recently. And also too, the effects of cortisol. Cortisol, when it's released in your body, really, it, particularly if you have a lot of abdominal fat, it, 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 will, it will pool in your abdominal area and the fat in your, mm -hmm. in your abdomen. And so I try not to get stressed out too much um, because I'm, I keep saying to myself, you're releasing cortisol and it's going right to your midsection and you really don't want that. And so I just start laughing or doing something to kind of break it. Love it. Uh, interesting, interesting. I read an article, um, wire.com had an article about social isolation that is really not new. I mean, social isolation has been in our society for a while. Look at those individuals who are incarcerated, right? right. Um, look at people who are hospitalized. Look at our elderly who are in homes. Right. Right? Um, and so this is not a new phenomenon, but I think the world is going through this together, right? And we're, we're having more observations 
And there is like, I think you mentioned our first podcast, there is a rise in mental health issues regarded to the the level of social isolation. Because I think social isolation is varying right now, right? Um, and mild to extreme to, to, you know, to whatever. And it just feels as though if you're in, you know, if you're on a Zoom call or if you're managing a person, you know, you may see that they're being more lethargic. You can see that, you know, they're not engaged. You can see something's mm-hmm. different in them. Um, and it could be that, in, or they're yawning on a call. You know, you you, you really want to, as a, as a manager, as a leader of, of others, is really to kind of, you know, tap into and become more visually aware as to what's happening with people. Because as you, you've taught me, our body is always sending messages out, right? Mm-hmm. Right. The question is, are we really aware of the messaging ourselves first? And right. then as we manage others or we're on a team, you know, are we really in tune to that piece? Right. Can you pick up cues from your coaching clients right now if they answer the phone or if they're on a on a video call, can you see the different shifts in their energy based on their body language or? Oh yes, I, I see it. Um, sometimes I turn the video. So when I have the video on, I can see it in their face or I can hear it in their voice. Um, the, I, and interesting, the energy, like you were talking about the energy field, I can pick up their energy, right? Okay, I, I'm sensing there's some anxiety here. There's some anxiousness. Am I right? Am I wrong? You can tell me yes or no. I do. I do feel it. And then sometimes I will turn off the video, off the video, and then I, I we do it just, you know, voice to voice. I have noticed that I have to do a lot of calming exercises, the deep breathing exercises, mm-hmm. um, the getting centered, um, just to shift that energy, right, uh, so that. I can be present and they can be present in this moment. Interesting. Yeah. Being conscious of how you're feeling and breathing into that. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that breathing is, is so, is so key. It's so key. So, well, Joy, we've talked a lot today. I tell you this, the whole notion of isolation and boredom, um, I think we're coming on the uh, out on the other side of this. Hopefully, I think people are now starting to cope a little better um, with COVID. I'm seeing traffic pick up, mm-hmm. um, which is creating another level of anxiety. But we'll talk about that in another show. But again, some of the tips, Joy, you want to re, you know rehash some of the tips that people can who may be suffering with a little bit of the the anxiety around social isolation um, that would help them you know, get through this, this period in time. Yeah. So I just want to let people know you're not alone. Everybody's going through a level of feeling some loneliness and that can sometimes feel like boredom and the low end of emotions and the emotional spectrum. So think about your routine, how your circadian rhythm is being affected by your daylight, your what, what time you wake up, what time you go to sleep, Think about 
how your routine could use a little bit more structure if that's going to help you feel less um, less lonely, less bored, so you can interact with people more regularly. And think about your actual skin, how you're feeling, so you can activate how your skin's feeling to then affect how your mind's feeling. So exfoliate, press up against the wall, press up against the floor, use a weighted blanket, squish into the couch. Apparently people are buying pillows. Yes. <laughs> I love that. And like you said, Charlene, I love like connecting back to deep breathing to help manage all those heart waves people are feeling, you know? That's one thing that I think could be really helpful for our listeners is really just to take a minute, do a deep breath, check in with how their heart's feeling and see if they can sense into what their own heart waves would look like if they're emanating out from their heart. As well as be okay with reaching out too. Yeah. Be be okay with having to reach out and, and ask for what you need. You know, call someone up and say, hey, I just need someone just to tell me I'm okay. Yes. That I love you. I just yeah. need to hear I love you. I need to hear that you're going to make it. You're going to get through this time. And it's okay. And even at work, if you're feeling the burden of the isolation um, because you were told, and most people are, are being told that they're probably going to be working remotely through the remainder of the year, through into next year, right? Process that. Process what that means to you and really start working on some strategies that will help you get through this time. It's great that they tell you in advance that you'll be working you know, remotely for the next six to eight months. But now it's, you got, you're on with that information. You got to really start thinking through, okay, how am I going to do it and do it successfully? Right. And if you definitely need some help, we are here to help you. Absolutely. Um, definitely. Joy, where can you be reached? Yeah. So you can see me for acupuncture in person in Maryland or feng shui also and i do virtual wellness consults as well and you can reach me via email at hello at joy-andrews.com yes and you can reach me at pushplaycoaching at gmail.com and i can help you think through not only just your career strategies but also to how to cope in the in the new workplace you know we thank you for listening and please subscribe to the homework on Spotify. And so until next time, Joy, we'll see you on the Homework Show. Yes. 